Hey, Survivor. Welcome to episode 16 of the Vibrant Survivor podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how your narcissistic boss is wreaking havoc on the job. I can't wait to work through this topic with you. Let's dive in. Hey, Survivor. Welcome to the Vibrant Survivor podcast. Do you want to disconnect from a narcissistic or toxic situation and heal? Are you Googling how to identify a narcissist, narcissistic abuse, and boundaries? Are you feeling stressed and lonely while trying to avoid being sucked back in and lied to again? Hey, I'm Leslie. As a busy wife and mom, I fell for the lies and manipulations of narcissists. I wasted my time, talents, and money on users who kept moving the goalposts. I wanted real relationships and business opportunities and to enjoy life with my family. Instead, I struggled with anxiety, panic attacks, and insomnia, and I couldn't trust my body or anybody until I took a holistic approach to healing. In this podcast, you'll find tips for healthy living, trauma healing, and boundaries so that you'll have the freedom, confidence, and inner peace to respond, not react, after narcissistic abuse. Take a deep breath in, let it out slowly, and just relax, this time's for you. Today, I wanted to talk to you about an article that my husband sent to me, and it's in HR Dive, which I had not heard of, but he subscribes to it because he deals with HR in his business. The title of the article is, Employers Must Protect Cultures from Narcissistic Leaders, Study Says. Some of the highlights in the article are that they go into a description of characteristics of narcissistic leaders. Here it says, the characteristics of narcissistic leaders, quote, a reluctance to engage in collaboration and a propensity to skirt the rules. One of the ways that you can spot them at work is that they are not good collaborators. In fact, they might go so far as to withhold information, resources, responses in an attempt to exercise some sense of power or control, but also to sabotage. If you are, say, peers with a director and you rely on this director and their team cross-functionally to get a project done, they may withhold key information, data points, uh, resources, things of that nature, or even uh, manpower in an attempt to make you look inept at your job and to, in contrast, look like a superstar or look more capable and competent. They go on to talk about the ways that narcissistic leaders can put the entire organization at risk. They have a, a dark side impact, which they go on to emphasize the fact that they undermine collaboration when they're promoted into leadership positions. They are indicating in the article that in order to avoid this kind of an outcome, that employers may need to develop practices that prevent the hiring and promotion of narcissistic leaders, the study said. And they go on to cite a September study from the Berkeley Haas School of Business. And there was another article or study that was referenced as well, an Indeed survey. They also mentioned in the article that, quote, how leaders manage their emotions and how they make other people feel are the strongest drivers of talent retention. So this is interesting because we know that one of the signs of a narcissist is the fact that they cannot regulate their emotion. And so they rely on outside things, people, circumstances, in order to re regulate their emotions. They talk about the fact that 
employers may need to focus on the leadership development stage in an effort to do some better selection of future leaders or better development of future leaders and be mindful of potentially letting narcissistic leaders uh, slip through the cracks and rise up the ranks of the organization. One of the things that they talk about as well is that is confidence as being a key factor in creating a healthy corporate culture and that employers should nurture that across the workforce. If you've studied narcissism, you know that it's not quite this simple. Some of the characteristics, just to give you an example, of narcissists are that they lie a lot. They'll lie their way into a leadership position. Also, we know that narcissists of a feather flock together. They're going to protect each other. We see that in narcissistic families, for example. And what really is a, is a corporation? In a Sense, it's a professional family. You've got that going on and some companies quite frankly are narcissistic safe havens and they will actually because all of the leadership in the organization is toxic they're not going to pick out this guy is sabotaging his peer or whatever they're not going to do <laughs> they're not going to recognize that because what else do we know we know that narcissists don't self-reflect so they're not going to call that out necessarily. There are a few things that I thought of that happen that contribute to the downfall or toxicity of the organization when narcissistic leaders are allowed to stay in their positions or rise up the ranks. One is that good employees leave. Narcissists are very draining and dealing with them can be very, very stressful. They lie, they manipulate, they steal, cheat, they don't fight fair, they play very dirty. And if they're covert, they can be especially difficult to detect, whether it's personally or professionally. So you've got a lot of good people, a lot of great leaders even, as well as their reports who will leave because they don't want to deal with the toxicity. It's too stressful. It's draining. They can't focus and get their work done or they're being harassed to death or bullied to death by their boss. And it's a shame and it needs to change. Also, narcissistic individuals mismanage a lot of things. So you, if you have narcissistic leaders in your organization, they're going to mismanage a lot. They may do a lot of things well and their narcissism may fuel performance in certain areas like directing people and telling them what to do and all of that which we know narcissists are very controlling they're very dominating and they like to be in control they like to be the line leader but it can also be detrimental because they mismanage a lot of things some narcissistic leaders are so focused on getting supply because remember at the end of the day their game is all about getting supply and outside validation so a lot of times they're so focused on manipulating and lying to weaving through life and through their career that way that they mismanage a lot of things that they're not focused on like the bottom line or they're not looking at the numbers or looking at the data points or or they may not manage their people properly and then suddenly there's a mass exodus because everybody is tired of dealing with the toxic boss and then the department is worn thin and the people who are left are stretched the third thing that i thought of is that good leaders leave. The narcissistic leader may have a peer. If they're a director or a VP, they may have a peer who's a director or VP who they have to work with cross-functionally and the narcissistic leader may wear out or withhold, as I mentioned, key points of information or resources from their non-narcissistic 
or non-toxic peer and then the peer gets tired drained next thing you know they're taking days off working remotely because they just don't want to deal with it and then they've, they've got to work twice as hard to figure out a way to double down and to navigate around the toxic peer co-worker narcissistic leader at work the other thing that i want to mention with this is that when leaders in organizations or or other employees are dealing with narcissistic leadership they're not going to want to say anything because one they don't believe that anything's going to change and that reporting it is going to work in their favor in any way shape or form and two they don't want to be perceived as being weak or unable to handle the job or hold their own within the org so that becomes problematic as well some solutions may include consistent clear behavioral-based interviewing on the part of the organization, having specific selection criteria, having clearly defined core values in the org, and peer reviews along with report reviews so that anyone can get feedback from multiple sources. Regardless of what the organization is doing, the most important thing would be for you to make sure that you have your core values defined and that you can quickly determine whether the organization that you're considering or that you're in aligns with them. If this podcast has helped you understand who and what you're dealing with, sharpen your discernment, and move forward on your healing journey, share it with another survivor. Help me help others by leaving a review for the show. And let's connect on social. Take a screenshot, share it in your IG stories, Find and tag me at The Vibrant Survivor, and I'll share your post too. I look forward to connecting with you on IG and seeing you back here. You're not alone, and you're not crazy. Know who you're dealing with, know who you are. Take care, and I'll meet you back here next week. Bye-bye.